Let's start way back at the beginning. Way Ooh, back at the Lord, beginning. Oh, Lord, I can't remember that far back. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you from? I'm originally from British Columbia, Canada, and we moved a lot, so the most significant town I was Dawson Creek. Okay. Where I grew up the latter years, and then Vancouver. Dawson Creek would have been, is located where? About is a thousand it? miles north of Vancouver. Thousand it's cold miles. It's cold, Joseph. You're never going there. <laughs> <laughs> so what are your memories like from there? Uh, great memories. I think it, um, the fact that it was a small northern town, you, I got very much involved in the arts, you know, mm -hmm. so I was singing and some theater and uh, I think it really allowed me to hone in on what I wanted to do and it kept me busy and between that and figure skating but that was my next question how did you in a city of how many people was there 12,000 at the time okay so was it artsy was it creative town or were you yeah there's there? a lot of creative people up there absolutely you I mean I always joke on stage that you either you curl or you get pregnant so, <laughs> so I didn't curl I didn't get pregnant Woo, I lucked out um, but no I you know I just think it really I spent a lot of time in my room playing guitar and singing and yeah music was really much my life back then who were your influences who did you emulate um, I loved Barbara Streisand I loved Engelbert Humperdinck I loved um, Barbara Streisand was huge for me. I mean, and then when Star was Star is Born just came out, it was just like, oh my God, I want that to be me. And Lady Gaga took my role with Bradley Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, the next step then, what, what happened when you left, and where did you go? I uh, well, I sang opera for nine months and stuff, and then I sang rock for four months, and then I I got a vocal nodule. So I went to Australia for a year, traveled, came back to vocal lessons. I I went to Vancouver. Mm. I knew that I needed to leave and to continue um, working on my craft and, and working, period. So I moved to Vancouver in 1986. 1986. Yeah. 1987, sorry. Yeah. 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 And uh, you were in Vancouver how long? 16 years. Because that's where the career yeah. exploded, right? Well, it's just, and I got to a point where I felt that I needed to go into the States more as well. And um, But I was able to work with some incredible musicians up there. and um, It just really allowed me to just keep moving higher, higher, higher. You know, just working with better better people and uh, better producers. And so, yeah. And it was your own thing. Like, the Canadian recording industry is very independent right. in many ways, right? There's, right. A, there's the big industry, but then many, many, many independents. So you were... Um, making it yourself, right? Yeah. Like you found the producers, you found the, right. the musicians, and the, you financed the recordings and all those things. Right. Well, thank, thankfully to my mom and, and her boyfriend helped finance, they financed my first CD, and I spent way too much money on a first CD, but it won an award for Best Indie Artist, and so it was like uh, Best Indie Recording Soul. So, you know, that was just a stepping stone try and keep going and something for me to take to the States with me to have something to show that this is what I've done. Did you stick with the Northwest US or did you just dive right into it? No, I stuck with, I went to San Francisco first. Oh, so, okay. yeah, okay. I went to San Francisco and, and, then, um, and then just until recently, to the last seven years, I started focusing on the East Coast. Someone here in Mexico saw me 
uh, perform and asked if I'd go to a Dunkwit Maine. And I was like, never heard of it, <laughs> love to, I'm up for it. And it turned out to be a great, great wow. venture for me. So. Wow. Okay. How long have you been performing there? Did you say seven? Seven years. In yeah. Maine. At the front porch, yeah, in the Gunkwit, Maine. It's a beautiful coastal seaside town, just stunning. So all the way back to um, Vancouver, was there a plan? Uh, hell no. There was a plan to put food in my fridge. <laughs> I, I'm one of these people that actually really likes ramen noodles with an egg. Thank God, because I ate a lot of it. But, um, you know, Vancouver is expensive. It's so expensive there. So, uh, no, I, you know, I was a server, bartender, waitress for years. And, you know, you get a little sarcastic after a while. And then I was doing doubles all the time. I was singing at night and waitressing during the day. It was a, a typical story, so yeah, I was good. Though. How did you find Mexico? Um, actually, I was asked in 1999 to come here to the Palm Cabaret uh, by Mark Rome, uh, and, and well, someone else actually told me about it first. But I was went to go to Europe, and I was singing over there, and I was oh, I'm too busy to go to Mexico, and and then you know, bring on a a relationship going sideways, like oh, now I'm going to go to Mexico and, and mm -hmm. see something new. And I literally came with a dear friend of mine, John, came for one night to audition. And I came in here, place was packed full of men. <laughs> I thought they're going to eat me alive. I was so nervous. We flew in, got to the room, came here. I forgot my backing tracks to sing to. So I ended up singing <laughs> harmonies to my own self. And the uh, place was packed. Back then it was 50 paces to get in. So you would just get this onslaught of men and women all night. It was not a sit down, buy a ticket. Right. It was just like a cover. You just right. You just paid a cover. You came and had a drink. People came and came and went. Mm -hmm. That was amazing. Sometimes you'd get two hundred people coming in and out of here, in and out, in and out. That's that's funny. I shouldn't say it's hilarious, but it's funny because when I met with Mark, he talked about that. Yeah. Right. He talked about when it was new, and he said uh, Kim was. And you said this from the stage last week. You started at ten. Yeah. The right. first show was ten o'clock. Right. And the second show was midnight. <laughs> now it's like there's five o'clock shows, seven o'clock shows, and nine o'clock shows. <laughs> Either the audience grew or you know. Well, I did one show at Club Manana, and I was like, damn, you know, the, you know, you're set is late when you can have three naps during the day. I think I came on at two. Right. right. Yeah. That was an overnight bar. Like that was a... Oh, Clemignano was 24, open 24 hours. I believe it was 24 hours back then. But you know what? I give Peter Deep a lot of credit. He really was the start of bringing so many more, so much more of the gay community here because it was a destination. Club Manana made TV a destination point. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that was many years ago. So I give him a lot of credit for that. He really created that single-handedly. So um, what is your evolution here? Were you performed only at the Palm and there and here, or was there other? No, oh, I, I performed here, and then it became Bench and Bar. So I performed at Bench and Bar here, and then I performed at Club Manana, and then Bite Me Beach Club. <laughs> Gotta love the name, Bite Me Beach Club. And then I performed at another place across the river. Um, then I performed at Act Two, and then I returned back to the Palm. Wow. I kind of, you know, I was, and it, it's been a gift for me to come back to where I started, and they gave me a break, you know. So yeah. yes, right. Mm -hmm. So what is the evolution of um, 
the evolution of uh, the performing arts here, how did it get from a bar that had a cover charge where you played two sets yeah. uh, to this, where you're dropping, what, four or five hundred pesos to have a yeah. seat in an audience to watch a show? I don't know. I, I, you know, I can't even determine exactly how it all started. I think, I think there became more of a demand for high, you know, an excellent level of talent, and then more places started opening. You know, and, and now we have boutique theater and Canto theater. We've got, and, and sorry, Encanto and Act Two and us, and it's all these places started popping up, and just better talent and more people coming in that. It, it made sense to make it more regimented and mm -hmm. have the, the times, but how it evolved, I don't, how it started, I have no idea. Someone thought maybe let's just make it more organized. You, okay, so from my perspective, the way I understand it, each of you plan a specific show mm -hmm. every season. Mm -hmm. So at what point do you say, okay, I'm gonna hit the ground running in November, I have to plan this show? Well, like misconception plans like a year ahead. Right. God right. bless her. <laughs> I mean, I'm in a different situation because of having a band. Mm -hmm. So um, I send the songs two days before I get here. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know them yet? It's <laughs> a five-hour flight. I'll see you when I get there. <laughs> and can you pick me up at the airport? Um, no, but it's uh, it's different with me because of musicians. Uh, you know, sometimes that's why. I don't have the musicians on some of the posters is because I'm not even here before the posters get made. Um, but uh, well, like I send, start talking about music and probably two months ahead of time. You know, everyone's busy. I can't expect them to learn the stuff in July. Mm -hmm. But then I come here and it's right away, start rehearsals up every day, do as much as we can and get ready for the beginning of the season. What surprised me with this show that I just saw last week mm -hmm. is you hear the name ABBA, you hear Cher, and you just anticipate that it's going to be a retread of everything that you've seen and heard before. What surprised me was the the Mexican flavor to those songs. That's like we're about. Right? It no, I love that. Me. I was and, really delighted. Uh, thank you for saying that. And I try to tell people it's not a typical ABBA Cher show. There's Latin rhythm, there's Cuban beats, there's and you heard how we changed the songs up. Yes. Yeah. I got you, babe. Yeah. Got, I'm like you. I'm not the biggest fan. There are some songs you hear two thousand times, and you're like, Ugh, I, I hate I that song. Singing that song. Yeah. Right. So to mix it up as well as you all did, to make it not a cliche stereotype. No, it's not at all. Right. But to actually sing it in a way that's new and interesting. Yeah. Right? Well, yeah. thank you for saying that. And then a lot of work goes into that. I mean, we were yes. here. A you lot of time. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Over the years, is there a season? Is there a show? Not a specific show, but a, a, a planned show like the the Cher Abba show that you recall and you say, "Man, that was like that was a highlight." That season for me personally. Those songs? Yeah. yeah. Um, when I started Acoustico in 2012, that mm -hmm. was pretty magical for me because I'd always played to. I mean, at first it was a night, you know, a little. Jesus, what was it called? The yeah, the iPod. Yeah. So I had it in my hand. Then I moved to the iPad because it was like, I can't even see what it says anymore. <laughs> so then I moved to the iPad. And then and then I started having them run it. And then it was a dear friend, Joelle Rabu, who was an incredible artist herself. And she just said, you need to start working with musicians again. And I met Eduardo Leon at the farmer's market. And he blew my mind on guitar. So... 
That's where it started. And when you're playing the tracks, first of all, you, there's no synergy on stage. There's no uh, communication. There's no, and you're so stuck to the track. There's not a lot of room for improv improvisation. So once I heard Eduardo play, it was just like my world opened musically. And he's so good, Eduardo Leon. And um, I think our first songs were Fragile by Staying, just the two of us. And, I, you know, just, and it just grew from there. And we were only going to do three shows. Mm. I, we had three nights, that was all that was available. And it turned into now going into our seventh season of working together. So. Impressive. So that's a highlight. That's, that's a, a highlight. huge highlight. I was actually getting really tired of music, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. It's just you know when you're by yourself all the time performing, it's. I mean, you can have a lot of voices in your head sometimes. <laughs> I mean, it's just you by yourself. This is amazing because it actually sounds ironic. You can have a room full of people, but when it's you and an iPod, it can sound seem kind of lonely yeah right the, absolutely the, the the preparation is all yours the brainstorming is all right. yours there is no team to bounce anything exactly off of, and then you throw it out there and then you go back home yeah and you're iPoding all the time and, and I hope it I hope it um, reads through on stage how much respect and admiration for the music and friendship that is that's on stage with all of us and um, I hope that's people can see that and recognize that. I mean, I have much respect for all musicians, seriously. It's, it's not an easy business, mm. it's not an easy life, and um, yeah. You have to have passion, you have Absolutely. to want it, you have to want it. Right? Yeah, and the cool thing about Acoustico too, and I'm, I don't mean, to, I'm not trying to sound like, I just think it's great that some people got more attention, mm. you know, and, and we were talking about that when we first started, it was like, all of a sudden these people were, being recognized more than just working at a restaurant, yes. and I don't mean just working at gotcha. a restaurant. Yeah. But now they're, you know, their names are being announced all the time, and they're on posters. You know, it's just it's it's a good thing. True. Yeah. True. So has it been and paid more? <laughs> if you ask them, yeah, <laughs> that's the first. One. That was the first. We don't give a shit about our name on a poster. We're just gonna pay more. <laughs> So that means you have performed here since 2001? 2005. Five. Okay. That was my okay. first season. But it was, you know, two weeks. We started two weeks and then three weeks. And so you will have met lots of people. I've Are met a ton of people. Okay. Highlights among the people. Who do you miss? Who do you miss in what way? When you look back over how long is that? Oh, uh, God. 13 years? When I think of some of the performers that I've met here, like yeah. Ida Slapter. Oh my God, hilarious! And was a huge mainstay here at the Palm Cabaret. And was uh, she the first? Yeah, because Mark told the yeah, story. Yeah, I just laughed at recording. He said that when he opened the Palm, it was supposed to be a bingo hall, right? And on the day they were supposed to open, uh, they had heard that they had to pay a fee, like a gambling fee, like a tax. Right. And he was like, we can't afford this. We well, actually, it wasn't I. It wasn't I at first. It was somebody else that was in oh, town. Yes, it's a Dixie. That's what that was. It he said she was from uh, Canada, from Ottawa. Yeah. And was here on vacation and said, hey, I'm uh, a drag performer yeah. and I'd like to go on stage. Right, right, right. And he was like, sure, whatever, we don't care, go do it. And, and then after she left, 
It was like, who's performing? The demand was there. Yeah, right? it's cool. Because he said it was sort of like a post-beach, pre-night club club, mm -hmm. right? So on the way back to your hotel, right. you'd stop in for a drink, and then you'd right. move on, and all of a sudden there was a performer, mm -hmm. and he said the day after that person left, people were like, uh, no show? Bye. Yeah. So he scrambled to get more people, yeah. and then the palm was born. Entertainment yeah. was born. I did, so and I read about that in your interview, but I love that with the banking, the accounting system. <laughs> seven o'clock show or the nine o'clock show was in the front pocket and the ten, and the, the later show was in the back pocket so whatever was in the pockets that right. was the account yeah. so it worked it worked <laughs> oh my god now it's paypal and oh lord it's so elaborate yeah so elaborate um what's on the horizon you have a new business tell me about that yeah i've uh, started up with a dear friend alfonso strada uh, a business called big blue expeditions with no e on blue big blue, big blue for the sea and the sky yeah. and it's a, a tandem trike paramotor business slow down tandem tandem trike paramotor okay um where we can fly two people and um, don't worry I'm not flying them. Not the <laughs> <pilot>. <laughs> Hell no. I'd like to learn. I would really, I, I do believe that when you start something, you should be able to do all parts of it. Uh -huh. um, I would love to learn how to fly it, but for now, we have a pilot that flies people. How did this come to you? How did this, where did this idea, the business? Well, I watched, uh, watched, I watched Alfonso fly all the time, you know, and then we were talking over the last year and a half ago, and so you should take people up. Well, then you need to have a machine that can hold two people. Mm -hmm. And so we just met and talked about it and made it come to fruition. So I'm excited. I, you know, I've been singing for 93 years. No, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> 30, 35 years. I've been singing since I was 16. Okay, anyway. <laughs> Don't do the math. Don't do the math. Folks. Don't do the math. Um, but I've been singing for a long, long time. And, you know, it just made sense to do something else where I have a huge audience here. You've got to think when, when performers are in Vallarta, you don't have to go everywhere. They come here. So it's, it's really cool. It's a wonderful opportunity for all of us performers. How, uh, it's not located right here in town. It's located in uh, Eguera Blanca, which is uh, Litibu Beach, just before, 10 minutes before Sayulita. Okay. okay. Between Punta Limita and Sayulita. What's the best way to get there? Uh, drive. <laughs> <laughs> Take an Uber. It's certainly not walk. No, yeah. don't walk. Um, there must be a bus. Is there a bus that goes right there? Well, no, there's a bus that drops you off in Eguera Blanca, but then you have to walk into down to the beach. Okay. Um, but you know, take an Uber. Um, Take an Uber, take a taxi, whichever, okay. and uh, it's it's really unique. He has a gorgeous restaurant there called the Tipu Grill, okay. and so people make reservations and make a day of it. Right. right. So you know, come fly, come hang, chill. So yeah, yeah. live, love, and grill. Live, love, and grill. Yeah, and it's really beautiful what he's created out there. Mm. Mm. So you can check it out online. Uh, as for now. Is it uh, is your calendar Vallarta and Maine? Yeah, it pretty much is. It's uh, you know I'll do the entire season here, and then I'll head to the front porch again. I'll go to Palm Springs, go to Canada, and then go to, go back again. Mm -hmm. It's really magical there. It's uh, it's an incredible spot. Wow. 
Sweet. Mm-hmm. Do you still record? Uh, I just recorded with the band. I, I tend to only record down here now. Mm. Uh, I recorded uh, three CDs now with the, with the guys. Our last CD was Vivan Los Seventies, Setentas. And it's all 70s music. Shaka Khan and, and uh, Abba, Earth, Wind and Fire. But with that Latin feel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Honest to God, the, the musicians here are incredible. Mm-hmm. Really are. And I've been blessed to work with a good amount of them, and um, which has really made my musical career much more fun for me and, right. and interesting and make me feel alive again. Because when I'm in Nagunquit, I play the track. And then uh, I've actually brought some of the performers from here out there as well, which has been a real treat for Gunkwood yeah, folks. Yeah, it's been great. <laughs> yeah, it's been great. How many um, how many recordings do you have? I have five now, and then some singles. Yeah, and it's all you know independently done. How has the business of that changed for you? When was the first one done? The first, the first one was done in 1999, and I mean, I you know I tried to I sent it off to the record companies and. Um, I had one person that I knew that worked at Sony, and he's like, we just don't know where to place you. But music's changed so much with how, thank, due to the computer technology, I mean, there's so many successful indie artists that, you know, of course, it's nice to have the, the machine behind a record company. But you pay for every cent of it, you know. Yes, yes. Who was it? Was it Taylor Swift? Or was it Adele who turned down Spotify at first? Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Yes. And Adele, actually, for the first like window. Of the right. Album. And you know why they pay a cent right, right, right. per play? There's more money in the physical. Right. And, well, and iTunes pays better, you know. So, but Spotify is a, you know. So all this, you know, when it all started coming out, and um, it just technology changed music so much. It was so much more accessible to everybody and you could learn of new artists and stuff but you know eventually like for myself I gave up on that big dream of making it I had it for many years it's exhausting yes it's yeah. defeating it's tiring it's expensive and then Mexico was a real gift to me it made me it made me uh, oof, I get choked up yeah. it made me allow to be me right. what are you Barbara Walters <laughs> 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 no, but I think about it. It's like I'm so grateful to the Palm Cabaret. I mean, seriously, it gave me a great start. 